What a pleasure to be here with you. What a joy to be here. I do want to say it sounds to me like you're, you've got a lot of exciting things on the docket ahead for you. I told Sister Walter this morning, she's just a dynamo in the kitchen. I mean, just constantly, constantly, constantly doing Michelangelo's over dishes. Uh, you know, you want to take a picture of them when she gets done with it. And uh, I, I didn't even know there would be breakfast this morning. I mean, it's Sunday morning, a lot of times I didn't, we forgot to tell her, but a lot of times we will not eat before Sunday service and then really gorge ourselves the rest of the day. But I didn't tell her that. And here I go out, and here of all things, she's got warm, out-of-the-oven muffins. And, you know, about four different kinds. And boiled eggs, which I happen to like, whether you do or not, all shelled. You know, you don't even have to crack the things and, and try to peel off the shells that on the ones I pick never come off easily. But they're all shelled and juice. And, of course, you get about three hot blueberry muffins and two good cups of coffee in my coffee mug that I told you about last night that is despised and rejected. Uh, And you put that down, and boy, you come to church, and then you hear this good singing, regardless of the speeches that were given. And it's a good day. It's a good day. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Way back there. Yo! Okay. Look, is that Watson back there? Oh, and he professes to be spiritual. (laughs) Remember, I pick on my friends. I do. I lose them constantly and have to get new ones. But uh, what a crowd. It's been enjoyable for Rachel and I to be here. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's just good to be with you. Thank you for all your kindnesses to us. And of course, we have, we have been wined and dined in the parsonage. And boy, it's just been delightful uh, there. And uh, I feel like I've gained weight. Do I look it? I'm going to have to walk 10 miles this morning just to get it off. But uh, it's good to be here. Apologize because I know some of you have heard me preach this before, but I couldn't get away from it for this morning. Uh, wouldn't necessarily particularly be a Sunday morning message, excepting the fact that, of course, obviously we are in revival, and this is the only, only Sunday morning we have of revival. But uh, call your attention to Matthew chapter 8, where the Bible says when he, when Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. I don't know how many times I read in Scripture in the Gospels, and I I don't know how you read it, but I'll read it, and I'm, I'm just constantly amazed at the attractiveness of Jesus. I mean, I know they didn't all accept him. They didn't all, and of course, later on it proves Basically, they did reject him. But wherever Jesus went, people came. People came. And just, just in quick passing, it, it wonders me sometimes, Lord, 
If we were more like you, if we were more like you, would we be a bit more attractive? Would, would people perhaps a little more than what, I don't mean to be judgmental or unkind in saying that, I'm talking about me. Um, help me, Lord, that I don't, I don't repulse people. I don't, I don't cause them to move away. I mean, with all of our humanness and all of our idiosyncrasies, if that's a good word, uh, Lord, help us, help us to be an asset to the kingdom work. Help us to be a credit to the life of holiness. Help us to be attractive enough that at least we don't, on, on common ground, repulse people and reject people. Because you've told us, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. That, that's the key. Lord, enable us and then get credit, get glory. Use us in any manner, in any way that you can. And you get the glory for it all the time. But I read this where here coming down from the mountain, multitudes followed him. And I thought perhaps being Sunday morning, it's kind of common in the churches I get into anymore, that it would be one of the bigger crowds, the Sunday morning crowd. And we're certainly happy to see all of you, all of you come in. But multitudes of people gathered around Jesus. What excites me um, what excites me is the fact that I'm convinced for every one of them, every one of them, he's able for them. Whatever they bring, whatever is happening in their life, whatever trouble they're walking through today, Whatever the load is on their back, on their shoulders, and however stooped they might be, my Christ is able for them. And when he passes through coming down from the mountain or coming across the sea or coming to Lebanon this morning, he comes on purpose because he cares. Because he cares. Just look at John 3.16. It's, it's the most familiar verse of scripture probably there is. And you get a little bit of the mindset and the heartbeat of God. But then look to Calvary and you'll see that he carried it through. He cared. He cared and he cared all the way to an old rugged cross. When we did the worst that we could do to him. And then mocked him and said, come down. If you're powerful, come down. And we'll believe in you if you'll come down. And the songwriter said he could have called 10,000 angels. <laughs> he didn't need an angel. He could have spoke the word and laid them out, tore them to pieces. 
And yet, the truth is, he couldn't. Because he'd already settled it. Not my will, but thine be done, Father. And so he stretched his arms, allowed them to be stretched out on an old rugged cross. And somebody said in doing that, he was simply just reaching out so that he could take the whole crowd in. Because Calvary covered it all. Hallelujah. Well, that's another story another day. But here in Matthew, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper. Here it changes. In Holy Writ, it changes from a multitude of people and spotlights one. And I take time with that because perhaps this morning, and he knows, perhaps this morning in a multitude of people on a Sunday morning of revival, there's one. Maybe you're the one. Maybe they're sitting pretty close to you. Maybe none of us would venture to be able to really tell it. Because I've lived long enough to know, and in fact I've experienced it a time or two, that you can be in the midst of a crowd and be ever so alone. And while the preacher may not have a clue, and while our best friend may be unable to reach out and help us to the degree that we need this morning, Jesus is never at a lack. Never does his eye overlook us. Oh, the devil sometimes hoodwinks us until he would make us believe that nobody cares and nobody sees and nobody notices. But the truth is, the all-seeing eye of God knows you're on his radar screen. He comes not only for the crowd, but he comes for me. I've got friends this Sunday morning that need him, perhaps like they've never needed him before. And I've been praying, oh God, where they are. And they're quite a ways away from us this morning, distance wise. But oh God, reach down to where they are this morning. And help him and I named him. And help her and I named her. And help her and I named her. Oh, God, be at their side this morning and and divinely put your arm around them and hug them close. Whisper sweet words because I've known sometimes. I knew one day way back in my life when really never expecting it, I stood by the casket of my younger brother killed in Vietnam. Never have understood it. Never known really the reason why. When you pray and when he was serving God and, and he just simply went. And the way he come home, draped in a flag. And you don't know the reason why. But I want to tell you something. 
I found back there in 1970, standing at the casket, I found that your heart can be ripped to pieces and Jesus can step to your side and folks, it makes the difference. It makes the difference. I, I don't understand it, Brother Jeff. I can't explain it. But I know it's so. I can tell a grieving heart this morning that Jesus will not forsake you. And this scripture to me proves it because out of a multitude a leper, one of the lowest of the low in the crowd, Somehow, tell me how that works, that somehow out of that multitude of people, a single leper can have hope that because Jesus is here today, he can help me. He can help me that Jesus can come. And his coming gives me hope. Nothing's changed. No promise in the horizon that it will. The only difference is the solitary presence of Jesus. You say what you want. He's not hindered for you. He can come to where you are when you need him. We're in service this morning. We're in revival this morning. And we have the opportunity of looking into this scripture in Matthew chapter 8 in these verses and see what he did back there. But it's a reminder that what he did back there, he can do here this morning. He's not limited in the least. He didn't run out of power somewhere down across the spreading of ages. God, God is able for you. Whoever you are this morning coming into revival, you don't want anybody to know it. And really, it's not altogether our business, except we do care. But, but if you've got a need this morning in the midst, if you're the leper... If you're the one diseased, if you're the one that's dirty, Jesus is here for you. Amen. You know, in a, in, in, a, in a smaller way, we're here for you too. We do care. The truth is we can't do much about it. The cleansing we could help you with doesn't go deep enough and doesn't last long enough. But I want to tell you this morning, I know you know it. I'm just reminding you in its simplicity that Jesus can make you clean. And this leper comes and worships him in that crowd of a multitude of people. The Bible records one, which always encourages me because, Lord, sometimes I'm, I'm the one. Sometimes I'm the insignificant one. Sometimes I'm the one that doesn't list very high in, in, in counting. But, oh, God, oh, God, you're here, you're here, you're here for them, you're here for every one of them. But when you've helped every one of them... You still have for me. Yes. 
You still care about me. You still gesture to me. You still catch my eye. You still speak the word. When I draw nigh to you, the devil steps back. When I get up close to you, his power fades. When I get into your presence, it's what the angels have always sang. Holy, holy, holy. For me to get out of my dirt, I've got to be close to you, Lord. And then I've got to stay close to you. That's why I rejoice to tell the Lebanon crowd, I know you already know it, but we can walk with him day by day. This is not a Sunday morning thing. No, 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 no. This is, this is a transformation in our life that changes us that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. New. Hallelujah. Oh, what I could not do for myself, Lord. You're capable of doing. You can make us holy. You can keep us holy. And somehow a leper dared believe that. And stepped out of the crowd. Boy, isn't it hard to step out of the crowd? Oh, it's hard sometimes to step out of the crowd. You know when it's the hardest to step out of the crowd? When the altar call is being given. Oh, but if somehow we could get determined enough and get bold enough that goodbye, old world, I'm through. It doesn't matter who's watching on, I'm through. I'm going to go with God. And I'll tell you what, the thing that thrills me is that while it's so hard, everybody can usually do it. Unless you're crippled up. Now listen, I'm not making fun of any of our crippled up people here. We got a slew of them. And they're good people. We need them. We love them. They're powerful in their prayers and their, and their, their attitude. I, I, I like their attitude. Most of them have good attitude. I've found one or two that don't, but most of them do. And that wasn't here at Lebanon. It was somewhere else. But I've found well people that have lousy attitudes. Have you ever noticed? Anyway, I don't want to dwell on that. I just want to, I want, I want to remind you. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord... Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Oh, oh, sin, if sin does anything to us, it makes us dirty. Sin always degrades. Always dirties. Never cleans up your act. Never makes you better. Sin always brings dirt. Listen to the conversations of normal people. I'm not putting them down. There go I except for the grace of God. But listen to them. I love when I get into places like this. Of a common if I've got wheels. I love to go out of a morning. A morning person kind of. And I like to get into a little breakfast nook. I like to find a little greasy spoon somewhere for my morning cup of coffee in a community to kind of feel out a community. 
And I'll, I'll look for one that's, you know, off the beaten path. Not Cracker Barrel. I like Cracker Barrel. Not Waffle House. I like Waffle House. Not Perkins. I like that. Or IHOP. I like to watch the IHOP people. <laughs> but I like to get into a greasy spoon where if you sit in there and watch them, you'll find the cook is sweating profusely. That's why the home fries are so moist. You laugh, but I'm telling you, they have the best home fries, they have the best scrapple, they have the best fried eggs in a greasy spoon like that. We used to have two of them in Middleburg, one at one end of the town, the other. One was Pops and one was Mops, or I mean Moms. And both of them, when you'd go in there, they tried to keep their cooks back in the back. Don't come out, because if you come out, business wanes. But, oh, I like to go there. But the, the trouble with going there, I like to go and I'll, I'll sneak in a place and go and sit down in the back. The Lone Ranger taught me, always get your back to the wall. That if, it get, if it gets serious, you can shoot your way out, you know. But, but anyway, I go to the back. But, but what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say, the, the flip side, the, the negative side of that, I'll listen to the locals. I like to find where the locals go. Guys in bib overhauls and stuff, if it's country. Uh, dapper fellas, if it's the town city, town fathers. I like to go in where the mayor goes, city council members. And they'll be in a big table, and you sit back there and you listen to them. You learn things about the community, about the price of soybeans and corn and cattle futures and Things like that. Nothing that ever really benefited me, but I still like to listen to it. And so I listened to them. But here's what I wanted to get to. But invariably, the negative flip side of that is after a while, the conversation, you'll hear somebody say something using the name of the Lord irreverently, you know, errantly, swearing, cursing, damning. They don't even know they're doing it. It's so natural in their conversation. They're just using it as emphasis. And if, they do, if they're not, why is it all their swear words and curse words are regarding God or God's work or something holy? Um, and if they don't do that, then they'll just use filthy, dirty language referring to relationships or women or something like that. I mean... If you ever listen in, the talk of the man off the street, whether he's the hobo or the mayor, is pretty dirty. Why is that? Because sin? Sin always makes a mark that we can't help it. We're just dirty. And it's not just our language. It's our attitude. And it's our actions. And it's our appearance. Sin marks us in every way to let the world know that we're of the devil. But you one time see hope. Brother Byler, I, I don't have to live this way. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to talk this way. I don't have to think this way. My habits don't have to be formed by dirt 
pornography and filth. I don't have to be controlled by lust and the baser side of of a man's nature or a woman's. Women are as bad as men. I travel all over anymore, and I'm telling you, the women nowadays, I mean, I'm not against them at all. I'm not running them down. I'm telling you, I'm not. But on the other hand, there's a look that's hard. And you'll see it in their appearance. You'll see it in the tattoos. You'll see it in their, in their dress. It's in your face. It's bold and brass and bad. I love those people. But oh, I mean when the devil's done with us sometimes as sinners, we look so ridiculous. We'd never dress that way to please God, but yet the devil would take us off on a tangent and we go with the fads and fancies of the world. And, and ridiculous. Oh. Break your heart. And Jesus passes by. I got off on a tangent there. I didn't want to go down that road, but I walked down it. Now I'm coming back to the intersection. <laughs> trying to get back somewhere where we can go somewhere with this. But oh. Out of a multitude of people, a leper, a leper. Oh, what if that was my boy? What if that was my neighbor or a co-worker of mine or an acquaintance of mine, Brother Joel? And because Jesus come to town, he made up part of that multitude. But the difference is today... He focuses on Jesus. And he comes, and we don't know how he does it, but the Bible says he worships the Lord. And he said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. I wonder how long he'd hoped for a chance to be clean. In his case, leprosy, of course, was the stigma. And you and I know that a disease isn't the same as a sin. But in the same way that sin does, it stigmatizes us and it dirties us. And how many of us were to a place where we thought there, there is no help. There, there's nothing I can do. What can I do? I, I was a senior in high school, a teenage boy before I got saved. And there were times when I thought, oh God, do I, have to, do I have to live this way? I mean on the inside where people don't really know the, the real hairy plank. Don't really know the struggles I have. The sin. The habits. I can't break them, I can't. I can't get away from them. They control me. And I knew someday, someday, they'll destroy me. You play a game with lust and you'll lose. 
But somehow when Jesus passed by, out of that multitude of people, a man known to be unclean took hope and stepped out. Didn't matter who looked on. And he said, Lord, if thou wilt, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Oh, I want everybody here this morning. I want everybody here this morning to know whether it really sinks in or not. I hope it does, but I want you to know he can make you clean. And listen, it's not just an overnight sensation. He can make you clean and keep you clean. You walk with him. You walk in the light. You walk with Jesus. You become a companion of the Lord. He'll keep you clean. Holiness works. It takes care of the outward transgressions and takes care of the inward nature of sin that caused us to sin in the first place. You and I can't by taking thought. You and I can't by flexing a muscle. You and I can't because of the cloth we're cut out of, our heritage or our talent. But He can through the power of His blood. Through the power of His blood. The wonder-working power of the blood of the Lamb. A cleansing stream. I see, I see. I plunge it all. Oh, I try to tell people, jump in. We used to, when we got done haying, on a hot, dusty day. You know, hay chaff down your neck. I mean, you itch. You probably don't smell like a Christian like the guy said I did in the thrift store this week. I've never had that happen. I'm going to get yardage from that. You knew people here. A guy walked out, up to me right out of the clear. I don't know, at the thrift store. And he said, you're a born-again man, aren't you? I said, I am. He said, I could tell it. I can smell them. <laughs> I thought, man, only in Lebanon, <laughs> only in Lebanon, Pennsylvania could this be happening. But I'm going to get mileage out of that. I never knew I stunk that way. <laughs> it's a good way. If you're going to stink, that's a good way to stink. Oh, man. Where was I on that now? Got off on a tangent. Oh, I don't even know where I was going there. But anyway, if thou wilt. Thou canst make me clean. And Jesus said, almost sister, almost again. She's been watching out for me. I tell you, I appreciate it too. I scared her to death. She thinks I'm going to fall. And right there, I made a misstep. But my tremendous agility rescued me <laughs> right, at the, right at the point of disaster. Uh, if I would fall, it's going to be hilarious. I hope I don't break anything though. Oh, my. It's always right here, too. I've got to examine this. <clears throat> Seems okay. Earl down at Orlando. I've quoted Earl all over the country at our Sun City camp one year in testimonies. After others had testified and testified good, oh, Earl. He'd been saved kind of out of rough background. And to tell the truth, you could even, even today maybe tell it just a little bit. Once in a while, there's a few edges. But God has done a, a work for Earl, and, and he's a great man. I love him. But he stood up one day, and all he said was, 
I can't. He can. I'm going to let him. You let that sink in. I can't. He can. I'm going to let him. With a multitude of people around him, a leper, and we're, we're closing, sought him out. I thought, Lord, if you could be surrounded by a multitude and one, one gets help, remind me. Remind me when sometimes the visible results aren't there. Remind me sometimes, or you, when you feel like a, a failure. When there's reverses. Out of a multitude on a hillside, one man said, if, the, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. And reached out and touched the leper. Reached out and touched the leper. He's not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of your sin. He'll reach out and extend his hand. You won't pollute him. You won't con contaminate him. Don't tell Fossey, but you don't need to social distance with him. If you want to social distance with our, our masked marauders back there, you do it. And I applaud you. I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm only making fun of you momentarily. <laughs> but I'm telling you, with Jesus, you can draw right up close. He said, I will be thou clean. And the Bible says in closing immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Guess, guess who was the happiest guy on the block in the area of the multitude of people that day? Guess who went home? If he went home like some of you that are kind of non-committal and, and stoical, he probably said, oh my, I am miraculously and totally healed. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. I think when God touched him, Brother Tom, he went, Hallelujah! Look at me! I was good looking with leprosy. Look at me now! I believe he did. I believe he ran down, jumped over the camel rail. Oh. But it's okay. You just continue to be stoical. <laughs> Isn't it good? Don't you love God's people? Don't you appreciate what God can do for you? <clears throat> Amen. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I will be thou clean. Let's stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed. It is revival, so I just want to take a moment to tell you the altar's open. Seriously, if there be somebody here this morning, and, and we're not castigating you, we're not putting you down, but if you're the leper, I mean in God's searchlight, if you're the leper, 
If you know in reality I'm not where I should be spiritually, I have a good church to go to. I have a gracious people that care about me, but the truth is I'm an outsider. I'm outside looking in. I have intentions someday. But oh, oh dear church, if you're, if you're the leper, if you're the unclean one here this morning, that, 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 won't, that won't tarnish you if you step out. We won't think less of you. But I guarantee if you'll come to Jesus and say, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If you want to be clean, he'll make you clean. Anybody here need to come and pray before we let you go?